On this episode, India turns into the professor. <laughs> the Ask Gary B Show. Hey everybody, this is Gary Bay, Nerd Chuck, and this is episode 222 of the Ask Gary V Show. Beautiful day in New York City. Dunk is uh, periscoping, oh he's double fisted. I like that, doing something else. Uh, and uh, India has transformed into an elderly, uh, not elderly, by India standards, an older gentleman from Europe. True. Why don't you tell the Vayner Nation who you are, what you're doing here for the week, and then uh, a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm Nicholas Meir, the social media professor. Not, not me, them. <laughs> and um, I actually find, uh, find your take on education quite refreshing. You're not the biggest fan, obviously, <laughs> but I thought I would get a, a cold shower of reality this week, so thank you for the internship opportunity. The reverse internship, uh, learning the real world at VaynerMedia to see what kind of world my students get into when That's great. they get out. And so, you know, we've known each other for a nice little while now. Yeah. Uh, where, where do you teach? I think it would be a fun uh, I thing teach for at Chapman University in Southern California, which is a, a good private college, yes. and uh, we put out MBA students yep. and uh, undergrads, hopefully to VaynerMedia and other places in the world. Yeah, awesome! It's great to have you. How's it going oh, so far? You. How's Andy? Oh. Andy? Andy's show Andy. This Andy. is a it's a mean looking. He's a tough guy. Yeah, I, I wouldn't uh, want to work for him. I'm he, glad that he works for me. He has to work sorting staplers and uh, <laughs> sorting. <laughs> but so what do we say? Tuesday? Uh, Tuesday. So, ha- so yesterday was the first day. Yeah. So what's your what's your first 36 hour observation of uh, of Vayner? You know, obviously it's a new fancy office. Yeah. You, your yeah. timing was great. Yeah. Did you plan so, that on purpose? Uh, perfect. Uh, <laughs> I'm very impressed. People are really looking like they fit in and uh, they're really uh, focused. And everyone is talking about musically. So I started a musically account yesterday, and my 12 year old daughter Selma is going to learn. I love teach it. Teach me how to do it. I love it. And um, uh, it seems to be uh, people are really taking this job seriously, but they seem to work for the passion and seem to be motivated intrinsically. Great. Very impressive. Well, I appreciate it. All right, let's get into the show. Good to see everybody. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the fall. I'm, not tr- I'm trying not to travel as much in September, so hopefully we'll get into a great cadence after uh, Labor Day. One thing you guys should know, just for general content purposes, uh, starting the middle of next week, I'm taking a good two and a half weeks with the family, so we'll be very quiet. There'll be a lot of DJing yes. content. Um, Andy, we can finally find all those little short video clips that are deeply entrenched <laughs> somewhere. I feel like Dunk should watch every hour of raw footage of every Daily V, so it's 60 by then, times about eight hours each. Yeah, I mean, you know, 480 hours worth of raw footage of just me. All right, let's do it. First question. Who's asking it? Yeah, Parsa has a video question here. Okay. Which, uh... Hey Gary, this is Parsa. What do you think about using Snapchat as a way to sell and buy products with Snapcash? Would that be Snapchat's next big move? Uh, Parsa, I think it's an interesting thought. Obviously a lot of people in the US uh, and Europe entrepreneur scene are affected by WeChat's unbelievable success of not only being a content and a communication but a retail platform in in China. Um, I think Snapcash uh, is something that Snapchat is deprioritizing. I think on the flip side, I think we're gonna see a lot more commerce coming from Facebook. I I predict that a lot of you will be selling a ton of stuff through Facebook 24 months from today. And so I think Parsa, for Snapchat, I'm not sure. I think that they're, um, internally, I'm sure they're thinking about their roadmap. I'm curious to think uh, and 
uh, about what they're thinking about Instagram stories. Do they feel like, you know, one of the observations that I'm kind of leaning towards is, I don't think Instagram stories kills Snapchat, but I definitely think it may slow down the migration of 35 to 55 year olds over to the platform if they can use Instagram to feed that kind of storytelling. So how are they thinking about that? But I think I was bullish and excited about Snapcash. I thought it was a good move by them to do that way back when. I think it's something you can consider. My intuition is what you're trying to accomplish ends up becoming a big business within Facebook in the next 24 months. Awesome. And I'm Ted? learning the ropes. Ted has a video question. Let's do it. What's going on, Gary? Big fan. My name is Ted Bertridge, and I'm a 13 year old graphic designer from the UK. So I recently started my design company. And I'm presenting it on Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and just about to start YouTube. So I'm proud of being a 13-year-old designer, and I think I can use that as a growth hack to make myself better known out there. But some clients, when they find out that I'm 13, take that back as a negative without actually seeing my work and knowing the full story. So how would you recommend me going around presenting myself and my business as a 13-year-old designer? Cheers, Gary. Cheers, mate. Teddy, listen, I think you're all excited up front of like, I'm gonna differentiate myself by being 13, and then you're like, but some clients don't like it. Of course, you're 13. Like literally Andy has like sneakers older than you, right? I mean like, this is unbelievable. And your composure and your charisma on the video, you're gonna be very successful. I have a funny feeling at whatever you decided to do. The same way when I met Dunk. We met in a hotel room. I'm like, I mean like, I'm like, you're coming to America. Like some young kids just have it. You know, I could tell way more because I spent more time with him to know if that he did have it. I'm not sure about you. That's a good first impression for me getting on this show at all. But here's the reality, my friend. Ted, you're gonna learn this at 13, you're gonna learn this at 16, you're gonna learn this at 19, you're gonna learn this at 27, you're gonna learn it at 40. How old are you? 53. Look great. You're gonna learn it at 53, as I'm sure you know what I'm about to say is true. You gotta take the good with the bad. (laughs) You gotta take the good with the bad. For everybody who's gonna give you notoriety or write an article about you or actually use you because you're 13, there's gonna be people that don't. For everybody that loves that I keep it real and authentic, there's plenty of people that don't wanna work with me because I curse or because I push against the traditional not systems. That, not that social media marketing world. Did they like it? Yeah. <laughs> yes, they did, you're right. Um, but the punchline's very simple, which is this, Teddy, like, you need to be you. Don't, you know, don't hide that you're 13 because you think you'll make more money. You're 13 and, and if you've got real talent, that's gonna serve you extremely well. And so I, I think the reality is how would I play it? By just being you and doing your thing and not dwelling on the negatives and not getting too big headed about the positives. Don't get too upset when somebody cancels an order when they found out you were 13 and don't think you're hot shit just because somebody wrote some cool business insider headline that says 13 year old stuns with his graphical design skills. Wonderful. Thank you. Chris has a question for you. Okay. Chris asks, if the Jets win the Super Bowl before you buy the team, will you lose interest? So I've been really scared this question. This is actually a true story. I did not want this question to be asked because the truth is I don't know. Let's start there. I love how I'm looking into yonder trying to find my future self. I, basically I'm looking outside right now and I'm like picturing myself jumping over a fence and running on the field and like tackling Brandon Marshall and getting arrested. Um, I don't think I'll want to buy them. Not only that, I got something scarier. I don't know if I'm gonna care about them at all. 
I'm, I'm telling you, Ken Skelfo, if you're watching right now, please leave a comment. Ken Skelfo will tell you that 15 year old me in 1992 at North Hunterdon High School was a bigger New York Ranger fan than a New York Jets fan. And that is the hidden story of who I am. Uh, I always wanted to buy Jets, so that's kind of interesting. So football was my true favorite sport, but the Jets weren't good, and so you lose steam, and the Rangers were making their march to my first championship. That was one right there, one of the great moments of my life. And, uh, and I think that, I think, here's what I can tell you. If the Jets win the Super Bowl this year, three years from now, six years from now, before I get a chance to buy them and win the Super Bowl, there is a significant chance that all of my sports energy will be deployed aggressively towards the New York Knicks because they would be my last team that hasn't won. And they've already got a big part of my attention. They've just have been so bad for 15 years. It's siphoned <laughs> any excitement out of my body. But uh, uh, I, uh, I'm, very, uh, I'm very concerned about this question. It's actually the scariest question. Besides the things I care about, which are the health of my family, it's one of the weird, scariest things in my life. I do not want the Jets. Deep down, I don't think I want the Jets to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Well, I'm a hockey fan from Sweden, so you could go with the Rangers. Yeah, no, our, our goalie, Mr. Uh, Lundqvist. Yeah. All right. All right, and then we have a Gus here has a question. Gus. Gus asks, which pro athlete or celebrity is the most marketable but isn't monetizing it yet? Well, that's a great question. Who is the most monetizable celebrity or athlete right now who's under-monetizing? Okay, so I don't know the answer because I don't really dig too deep into that world. I mean, I know, but I don't know. And I don't like talking about things I don't know, but I'm gonna give a very smart answer. I believe on looks and charisma, it is somebody who's an athlete that is not a star player. So what I mean by that is, I believe that, well look, Chris Humphreys, right? He's a very solid, gutsy, rebounding NBA player, but he became dramatically more famous and could monetize because Kim Kardashian and him dated and actually got married for four minutes. So I think that that's a good comp. Uh, I think that there's a stunningly handsome or beautiful man or woman who's an athlete, who's not the star of their team, who either is gorgeous and can play the modeling role along with athlete, though that doesn't play out because sports, a lot of times they'll rag on you that you're just pretty and you can't get it done on the field. I actually think, as I'm talking this through, it's the most charismatic. So what do I mean by that? I believe that if somebody started vlogging Casey Neistat, Casey uh, style right now in the NBA as the ninth man off the bench was a great guy, had a little charisma, was a great storyteller, knew how not to blow up the spot of his fellow athletes, showed the real life of being on a bus before the game with fans, his own life, his crazy brother, his awesome mom. I think that there, that is the person right now, the most charismatic storyteller that could be doing it with a phone that happens to not be the best player on the team, has the most storytelling capabilities that hasn't been deployed yet. Gilbert Arenas did this. Gilbert Arenas was a very nice up and coming NBA player who then had some big time seasons who was the first guy to blog and use MySpace way back when and became much more famous than he actually was and got, a, got better endorsement deals because of it. Um, so that's who I would say. It's really anybody who's an A, it's anybody who's a B or C list celebrity or athlete 
that needs to act like me or Casey or like, or like Nash Greer or like Musical.ly stars. They need to do the internet thing while they're on the mainstream plateau. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And uh, then I got a chance to ask a question. Uh, you get to ask a question. Yes. Uh, for well, this, is a very, this is a very big moment, Professor. Uh, Can uh, I call you Professor? Uh, yes, actually, I, I think I have the Professor. Um, because if, Put up a big, pro- Stefan, a little editing thing, for you. If professor. the Attorney General was forbidding you to run the this is actually a question? for a while, yes, oh, and shit. forced you to go teaching for a semester, and then... I would be A, pumped, mm-hmm. as long as everybody else couldn't run businesses either. If I was just picked on, I'd be pissed. That sounds more like communism. So, A, if everybody was, I'd be happy. It's the same way I feel about the last two weeks of August. Do you know why I'm comfortably taking off for the last two weeks of August? Because most people take the last two weeks of August and I know there's not gonna be as much productivity and so I'm not falling too far behind. If I had to teach a semester, what's the question? Uh, How would you structure and teach uh, social media marketing? so I would probably, t- if I was allowed to, on a university level, I probably would be, and, if, and obviously take out the economics, could we afford to, I would try to get them out of the room, as, out of the classroom as much as possible, uh, whether physically or mentally, and what I mean by that is mentally, we would be in our apps, doing, creating, uh, I would get the kids out of, if I was in Chapman, California, I would go to local businesses, I would take the 29 kids in class, we'd go to Lou's Pizza Shop, and be like, Lou, we're here, and we're here to work. What do you need? And I, so I, would, I, I, I very much believe, I'm so proud of you, I was so thankful that you reached out to me, and you're taking us up on this week, because you're gonna go be better. You're gonna go back to school, and what you're gonna learn this week, you're gonna be better, because it's real. Mm-hmm. This is real. Mm-hmm. And the classroom is less real. It's less of the market. It just is. And so my answer to your question is I would force them to do real shit. Yeah. Like I, you know, I would just try to get them to do as much real stuff as much as possible. Like you can, pon- you can watch Gary Vee videos. You can read books. You can pontificate. You can debate. Mm-hmm. But nothing beats getting thrown out. Like I can, te- I can tell kids about swimming. Okay, so what you want to do, it, right? I can tell you, we can debate what the best stroke is, mm-hmm. but how are you going to be a good swimmer? You're going to throw that kid in the pool. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I would put the kids in as many real life situations as possible. Mm-hmm. And I would do it in a l- couple of different ways. One, I would try to use my connections if I was allowed to based on this fantasy world you've mm-hmm. created and get them to go to like a Under Armour or a Toyota, mm-hmm. see how they think about it. Mm-hmm. But then I'd also do a competition. The last three weeks of the semester, I would say, okay, we're all gonna go to the farmer's market. You all have three weeks to figure out what you're gonna sell in the farmer's market and then all you can use is digital for the whole three weeks leading up to it and then, and then whoever sells the most fruit wins. And so like, try to get them into that kind of mentality because I think that matters. I'm very scared, professor, of uh, eighth place trophies. I'm very scared of rewarding people for success that isn't real. We would have the fruit and vegetable farmer's market competition and then the next day in class, I would say, unbelievable job, Sally. Yeah. And I would say, Elliot, you suck. Like, you are a loser. You sold $8 in radishes. And let's break down why you sucked. I mean, your Instagram was boring. I don't know what the hell you were thinking. Like, your radishes look like shit. So let's start with the biggest thesis, which is no marketing fixes crap product. So these are the things that we would go through. No, thank you. You're welcome. I use this for my class. Thanks. Thanks for being on. Question of the day. You get to ask it, my friend. You get to ask the Vayner Nation any question you want, professor. Answer the professor's question. Yeah, in terms of 
uh, CEOs, uh, what advice would you give to them to humanize their brands? And um, what platforms, what media formats? Detail. Yeah, detail. Examples. State Love of it. the art, 2016, August. Love it. Yeah. Thank you, my friend. Awesome. You keep asking questions, we'll keep answering them.